Feed that podcast feed. That's what we do, man. <laughs> Combo Nation. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Combo's Court Podcast. I'm here to bring you another fantastic episode for your listening enjoyment. Today's show clips of basketball news and the follow through with Clips and Drew podcast joins in to talk Wemby, Jaden Ivey's Detroit fit, John Wall to the Clippers, will Kyrie go to the Lakers, and more a fantastic conversation. Go subscribe to the follow through with Clips and Drew. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Obviously, I think the defense will be there right away, you know, like with his rim protection, the way he slides his feet, the way he stays in front. No, I, I think he's I think I mean, just from last night's game, I mean, the one thing that stood out the most was how comfortable he was. Right. And we know he's got a, an arrogance about him, a swag, which is really dope. But he came out and just, you know, showed out. But then we're seeing tonight when we're watching him against Memphis, uh, you know, we're seeing the weight difference here. And the only, the only downside I have on Chet and on like a lot of people is 195 is tiny, man. 195 is just a little tiny to me. Yeah. I mean, do you think in an NBA game, they're just going to start going post up for 30 minutes? Like, I don't think that happens. Not anymore. I mean, when you see the whole bag that Chet has with the three and, you know, he showed the Dirk last night. Um, I don't think they're, I think they're going to do, OKC is going to do everything they possibly can to keep him out of the paint on defense. You know what I mean? Because I mean, if you have to guard an Isaiah Stewart or even like a, a Dwight Howard of the, of, of sorts, you know, it's going to be difficult for him. And I know everybody was so hyped on like taco fall last night, but there's a reason <laughs> why there's a reason why taco is playing on the, uh, on the Utah jazz. Well, I think it's all right for me to let everybody know because I was saying the whole time that I thought he'd be the best player in this draft. But, you know, if you weren't on it before, if you were talking smack about it before and then you just changed your tune the first game, I mean, that's totally ridiculous. But let me ask you this. Who did you feel would be the best player in this draft? I said I said that in, in three years. I was very adamant about this. I said in three years, you're going to look back on the draft and Jaden Ivey's the one, man. Mm. I think I really I, – I had it in our, in our draft show – that we did, I said Sacramento's gonna fuck it up and they're gonna take Keegan. They really it was ridiculous. Like, I well, mean, not, nothing against Keegan, but no, they, yeah. I, I said I said it was close between Shade. I actually said this on a podcast. For me, it was close between Shaden and Jaden, but I, I went with Jaden because I just felt like he was the best available. You know what I mean? At that point, she, she, I, my assessment of Shaden was off because I hadn't seen enough, you know, and a lot right, of people right. hadn't seen enough. I had him lower. I think I had him 11th going to the Knicks because I'm like, that's such a Knicks pick. You know, let's go with the guy that we haven't scouted a lot and seen a lot of. Um, but I definitely said that uh, Sacramento was going to go with fit over best player available. And that's exactly what they did. And I thought that 
um, Ivy, I was hoping Ivy would go to Detroit to be with Cade, but on, in my honest opinion, I think looking back on this draft there, you're, people are going to say, you know, it's like, you know, the Steph Curry draft or letter, like, dude, you know, that, uh, you know, Minnesota could have taken him, New York should have taken, or was thinking about taking him. Jaden's going to be nice, man. And I think, you know what I noticed the most in that draft? He was the only one in the lottery that cr- cried, you know, and I noticed that mm. kind of stuff. He's the only one that cried. Uh, Jaden Smith or Jaden Smith. Uh, what's my guy, Orlando? Come on, dude. Jabari Smith. Yes. Jabari Smith looked pissed. Chet knew, you know, knew he bogarted his way to OKC. He knew he knew that was going to happen. But Jaden Ivey's the only one that cried when he got picked. And I'm like, that's the dude I want on my team, the guy. And then, you know, all the history with Jaden and his family from Detroit. It just works perfectly. And uh, I think he's going to give it his all, man. I think he's an alpha type cat that's going to bring it every single night. I know the comparisons, Russell Westbrook and Ja, but those are actually two great guys to be compared to, if you ask me. Um, but I really, I, and then I had, uh, I had, uh, our guy playing on OKC right now, the French, the French kid, dang, I thought he was going to go higher to San Antonio. Cause I thought San Antonio likes projects and I thought he would be a good project for them. And then we all figured out that it's obviously tank for Wembo right now. San Antonio is just trying to be the first person to get to be in the Wembo draft. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think OKC is going to be too good, too good to tank at this point. They can't, well, okay. Then. Obviously, at some point, OKC has to attempt to win games, correct? Like, do you want to win games or do you want to stockpile picks? What are we doing? Right. 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 And I really like, and I know we're two games in. That's why I, I laughed yesterday where, where you're scrolling through Instagram and it's like, chat, 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 chat. I'm like, dude, this is game one of the Utah Summer Pro League. Let's chill. Okay? <laughs> it was a really great game. Right. We have to see more. Here's, um, my, here's my thing. Actually, I have some points about Jay and Ivy, but um, you can only play against who they put in front of you. So it's True. it's not it's not Chet's fault, like who he's True. playing against. And I just feel like when you look at overreactions, like okay, I think we could overreact when you look at those like open run type players, those just straight get bucket type guys. Like you tend to overreact against guys like that because it's more of like an open run style of play. But if you actually look, like you could even take away all the great stuff that Chet did on offense. Like that defense is super scalable to an NBA game, like the way he slides, the way he raises, the way he protects the rim. So I don't think it's really an overreaction, no matter all the stuff he did on offense, right? And to your Jaden Ivey point, I'll let you get back to all of this. I think this is the perfect fit for him in Detroit. Next to Cade Cunningham, Cade Cunningham is great at everything. Maybe the one thing he's not a lead at is being super speedy, having super burst, and then he has somebody alongside him now with that. And then anybody who plays with Cade is probably going to benefit from it because he just makes everybody around him better. I, I agree. And I think the speed, they're young, right? And they, they also picked up, you know, they got Nerlens, They got my guy, yeah. Alec Burks, who I really liked. I've always liked Alec Burks. I mean, Solid. loved him. On, ta- yeah. soup, that's a guy that can go on any NBA team and be really, and be, uh, you know, a contributor. So I think they're, I think also like the talent, not just in this draft, but talent basketball worldwide right now, there is such a huge litter of really good players that we might see a couple of people in these draft in this draft, the, the Jovich kid that I really like that Miami picked up at 25. I thought that Um, was a steal. I thought actually I talked about this. Like I feel like Miami and golden state just showed how smart they were with those two picks in the mid twenties. Like you take a guy that was projected to be a top 10 guy before the season. You should never sleep on those kind of guys with Pat Baldwin. And then you got Jovich. I kind of compared it to Giddy. He could, he's not the same player as Giddy, but look, he shoots it better. Right. 
Mm -hmm. He's more athletic. He's taller. Maybe he doesn't pass it quite as well. He played in similar type competition, maybe even a little bit better. The stats were similar to Giddy. And he goes that late in the lottery when Giddy was a top 10 pick. So I thought it was a steal myself. That just means that people aren't doing their job, though. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And or they're under they're undervaluing some of these players. Shouts to all the great people who run NBA franchises. But we know we know as well. We know we I mean, but don't you think the most important in scouting and you've talked to a lot of scouts i've talked to a lot of scouts it's not all analytics man eye test is a huge thing right and fit 100%, like giddy, and giddy's a good kid right like they, he, he he's good with his teammates coaches like him this is likability is a big thing too and uh even watching giddy in today's game like i just kept saying to myself what a, this kid's good like his feel for the game he's a giddy natural good. basketball player he may not look the type right but he is really good man and young yeah. Yeah. It's great. Like you talk about NBA scouts, you might put 10 NBA scouts in the room. It's not going to be consensus, right? You're going to have like 28 different opinions. So it just, it is what it is. Everybody like has their own perspective when it comes to basketball, you know? Right. And so that's why my eye test on Jaden Ivy, everything I saw on him and read about him and his background and his mom and like all this stuff. I'm like, that's the kid. Now I understand Chet. I understand Jabari. I'll definitely understand Paolo. Um, but those guys that four, five, six, seven, like were so tough to gauge, you know, I, I like Matherin at six. Like I thought like, cause I thought he should be like five through seven. And then he landed right at six. Like I had him like right outside that top five. I thought that was a great pickup. I had and, him going, I had him going to Indiana. Yeah. That, I mean, him and Tyrese are going to be dynamic. I think they fit so well together. Tyrese could play on and off the ball and Matherin could play off the ball and shoot it. And they're mm -hmm. both could be good defenders. Matherin, not a great defender yet. Tyrese already a good defender. I think that's a dynamic duo right there. Yeah. My only concern with Indiana in making my personal picks for that is because we didn't know what we're going to have with Indiana. Where's Brogdon is, is Turner out of here. I need to know a lot of those. Turner's out before. of there. I think, I think, Turner's I think that, I think they keep him. I mean, Brogdon's gone. Boston just got a great, great pickup in Brogdon, which is, I think, going to be really good for them moving forward, even though he doesn't play a lot of games and, you know, he gets hurt often. But Brogdon is kind of like the player that Boston could have definitely used in the playoffs and definitely used in the finals. Turner, I think when you step back and look at it, like Turner's good, man. And he, he's improved his game a lot. Once he started doing yoga and changing his whole routine, like being able to stretch and shoot three pointers now and still loves the block shots. I wanted him on the Clippers big time. I thought we should have definitely took a look at him if he was available for the right price. But um, I think there's a lot of talent in this draft combo and we might be shocked at a couple of these guys who we might be under undervaluing a little bit. What are your thoughts on Wemby? You mentioned him. Wembo? Wembo? I, I, I've just come. I've, I've coined him on this show. Just to let you know, I've been calling him Wembo. Well, 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 tell him the name of your show. I didn't even get a proper introduction. And if, if they don't know who this is, the most I've been on the show, probably the most out of a lot of people. <laughs> uh, this is your boy Clips from the follow through with Clips and Drew, uh, you know, part of the Basketball News Network. Right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Wembo. Yeah. yeah I Wembo. Mean, we. I, this guy is one of the guys that like the generational guys. Like, how do you turn down seven four that's got range that can dribble? And, you know, is, he's like a he's like a a, a Chet 2.0, if a little not better. Bit, yeah, yeah. Right. A little bit. I mean, I, I've been really high on Chet's upside. I have to say Wemby's upside is even higher. I have Wembo, to say Wembo, Wembo. Wembo's <laughs> upside is <laughs> like his upside is crazy because he's taller. The jump shot looks nice. 
Um, the rim protection is crazy. Mm-hmm. The way he grabs his own rebound and just puts it right back up and dunks. The way he runs the floor, super athletic. The one thing I think maybe Chet's upside is higher on is maybe like creating for himself, like in the mid range, like chest flashes of that are crazy. But Wembo is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best draft prospects in the last 10 years easily. Yeah. And I think that this is where you're going to see throughout the, the remainder of this NBA season. Like we'll know in December that there will be six teams competing for a championship. We'll know we'll be able to gauge, you know what I mean? Like there'll be six or seven teams that, are probably going to be able to win a championship. The rest of these dudes are going to either have to make have to figure it out. Are we tanking? Because this guy's talent is that good. You know, the Houston's, the OKC can't do it again this year. Orlando, I'm hope I'm hoping is going to be better. You know, like them too. At some point, you have to try to win ball games now. So, um, whoever and I'm, I think the Spurs. I read today, like uh, Keldon Johnson's on the menu. Now Jakob Pertl's on the menu now, like whoever wants, and these are their best players. Even getting rid of DeJounte was a shock to me. Right. And just give in. I love, I love great, him. Great move for the Hawks. Awesome. That's exactly yeah. what they need. Yeah, and yeah. if I knew he was on the table, you know, I would have, you know, we might've been able to figure out different scenarios for him, but it's great move for Atlanta. Uh, the East is very top heavy right now. You know, and we're all sitting here waiting on pins and needles to see what's going to happen in Brooklyn, which is just a whole nother story in itself. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what teams tank for Wemby. But you mentioned your Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the John oh, Wall move. What? Uh, I said, oh, you want to talk to me about the Clippers? Of Clips? Why not? <laughs> but no, I love the John Wall move. I think he brings table setting. I think he brings defense. I think he brings IQ. I think with a year of rest, he might come back a little bit more athletic than people think. I think the shooting is better than some people might think, especially off the ball. I really love the move. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm, you know, if this is such a low risk, high reward move for the Clippers. Right. And this is, this is what front offices and organizations that are building to win championships need to do. You need to have patience. Okay. Last year, about January, February, the media Clipper fans, uh, Reddit is like, oh, we need to trade Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann. Get John Wall in here because we need a quote. I'm throwing air quotes, guys, listening to the show. We need a playmaking point guard, right? And then we should trade these two players, take on the $40 million deal. And no, we're not going to do that because we're smart. We're, we're much smarter organization. Let's wait it out. Let's get him bought out and let's get him for, for pennies on the dollar, right? Low risk high reward on this. We're not expecting, and this is, this is big for John Wall for two factors. One, there is no franchise pressure from John Wall anymore. There's not this franchise. I'm carrying the load of $45 million in Washington. Uh, I'm trying to get us to, to, to win the East. That's no longer there. Um, he's coming to a team full of veterans, guys that have won chips, um, coming into the perfect situation. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with the starting point guard role, Right. But also, this is huge. I want to know if John Wall's been humbled a little bit. Unlike the other guy in L.A., a la Russell Westbrook, have you been humbled enough to be okay with coming off of the bench, right? If, if you have an NBA team like the Houston Rockets who could have 1,000% used you last year, and he could have played. He, only, he's only, he played 20 games or whatever last year, averaged 26 and 6, right? Good numbers. If they're willing to pay you $40 million to not play, is that humbling to you, right? And are you willing to come in into a different situation? I think John Wall most likely will end up starting, right? And I think it's all going to be a chemistry issue. We brought in Reggie Jackson 
not to be our starting point guard, not to be like our, our, our go-to guy in the clutch. Like he he's had to do for two years now, right. For two years for us, we brought him in to back up Patrick Beverly to get us some buckets and energy off the bench. Um, if we can bring John wall in and, and the guy that I think is going to benefit the most from it is going to be Zubak because Zubak runs the floor. John wall likes to pass. And I think Zubak is going to benefit a lot from it. This is just another really good um, bullet to have in the chamber for the Clippers. I don't think I, you know, when, when, when this happened, Clipper fans went crazy and they're like, Oh, championship guarantee. Like, do you even know what John wall we're getting? Right. If, well, and, I, I liked it. I wouldn't go that far. Though. <laughs> no, I liked it for the ticket that it's at. I liked it but, for the price that it's at. And I liked it for the fact that there was no other discussion. John Wall, as soon as that contract was bought out, I'm, I'm going to the Clippers, right? And there's some tampering involved, like every one of these situations is. Him and PG were probably talking because they're boys. And I think he's also really excited to play basketball again and having a legit opportunity to contribute to a team to win a championship. Yeah, I like it. It really just comes down to, though, if Kawhi could be healthy this year. Like, that's the biggest question. Story right? of my life, combo. <laughs> so so what's the latest on it? I know you're tapped into Clippers oh, I'm Nation. I'm tapped in. I'm tapped so, in. So, so tell me what's going on with him. He's he's good to go, man. He's going to be ready opening night. Uh, he's They're running five-on-five scrimmages. I mean, again, uh, I think if we take one thing from what we just learned from Golden State winning the championship and what we're seeing with the absolute collapse of what's happening in Brooklyn is that chemistry is everything in team sports. It is everything. It means everything. And it doesn't start, uh, you know, first day of training camp. It starts in the off season, seeing John Morant today in Utah, sitting on the bench with the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the biggest stars, you know, in the NBA sitting on the bench, which with a bunch of undrafted people rooting on his team, that's chemistry. Uh, All the boys, the boys, the Clippers I'm talking about, even Isaiah Hartenstein, who didn't even think he was going to be with the team anymore. They all went down to San Diego, ran, you know, practices and workouts with Kawhi at UCSD. They played football on the beach. You know what I'm saying? They they're, they're building this chemistry. And I think that's the most important thing that we need to see. And Kawhi, um, being healthy, yeah, is the most important thing for us and b- Paul as well. But I think going, this is by far, I said it before Jalen Rose said it, that this is by far the, the best Clipper basketball team ever assembled, which I know a lot of people are probably laughing because, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't, we haven't had a lot of these. This is way better than Lob City, the 2015 team. This is better than any basketball team we've ever, we've ever seen from the Clippers. Our depth is out of control. When you talk to Clipper fans, the funny joke I always say is like, okay, give me your starting five. And they'll be like, okay, they give me their starting five. Okay, well, then give me your give me your five off the bench. And they'll give me the five off the bench. And I'll be like, well, what about Luke Kennard? Where's Marcus Morris in this? You know what I'm saying? Like, where's Jason yeah. Preston, our, our rookie that we had last year that we're really high on? I like um, him. I, I do too. Big, I liked what he saw, I saw from him in summer league last I year. I did too. We yeah, both yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to change. The, po- the poise he plays with, right? He acts like he's been there. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. And, and again, like your development, playing with guys like Reggie, playing with guys like yeah. Kawhi and Paul George, it's only going to get better. I, I I call it the Austin Rivers syndrome because, uh, you know, my co-host Drew was never a big fan of Austin Rivers, but I liked Austin because he battled Chris Paul every single day. And I would be in, I'd go in the trenches with Austin because, He's that kind of guy. And you're only going to get better playing with guys like that. 
Did you have a fun year um, with Drew with the, this Lakers season? <laughs> I loved it. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, what what is his thoughts and your thoughts on some of the moves they've been making lately? I know they're trying to get younger. They're trying to get up and down the court quicker. Um, do you think this will be a better year for them? Well, you know, I, you know, when, when we start doing the podcast thing, I mean, we just we just started season six. This is year six for us. Um, I've I've I have grown a lot, uh, not in podcasting and this, how I look at the game and I'm not as biased as I used to be. Right. Cause we have to actually sit back and watch everything and be a fan of everybody. Obviously we're going to have our team bias. So I have to watch every single Laker game. And I like to talk about the Lakers. It's a big deal. I live in I live here in LA, like, or I'm down in the beach now, but um, we look both at, look, at the, look at the maturity, look at the growth. I, I, well, it's big. We have to be, man. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I think that, we both, I, I went back and listened to our old podcast and we were both not sure about Westbrook. We didn't see it. We didn't, we both didn't think that it was the right move at the time. All, all of NBA Twitter, like, like, you know, NBA Twitter is not always right. I, I said, I talk about this a lot. They were right on this one. Like everybody knew this wasn't going to be a good fit. Like a lot of people knew at least like the majority. It's not, it's, it's that. And I think it goes bigger than that combo. And it again, with what's happening in Brooklyn, when you have, players that want to play with their buddies instead of the people like I, I always use an example like Michael Jordan and Scotty hated Dennis Rodman right they hated Dennis Rodman but the one the one time Phil brings it up to him at a dinner like hey thinking about bringing Dennis in right he's gonna be perfect for us he's exactly what we need Michael was like hell yeah whatever it takes for us to win a championship <laughs> right took, took Scotty a little longer right because Scotty wasn't the biggest fan but, you know, KD wants to play with DeAndre and with Kyrie. Does not work. LeBron thinks bringing Russell in and being the, what, what was their name? Three, uh, 360 was their nickname beginning of the year, 360. It doesn't work. So I think you have to be way more creative. And then what happens is three more clutch players are on the Lakers right now. So who's really making these calls? And, and when these trades need to happen, like the only way this Kyrie thing is going to work for the Lakers is there has to be like a three, four team trade that goes down. Is the Lakers front office smart enough to pull this off? Who's the one making the, the play? Is it Palinka? Is it Linda Rambis? Like, is it Kurt Rambis? Is it Jeannie? Right? So you're, so, saying, you're saying it's the organization of the organization is the issue. Pretty much. I think, yes, and I'm seeing a trend now where we're catering to the players way more than we than we are catering to our business and our team and our future and our fans, right? I am very pro-player. I'm very I'm very pro-player, but I'm also pro-contract. And I'm tired of, of players signing five-year deals and then, eh, I don't like the situation. Trade me, but I'll only go to Miami. I'll only go to Phoenix. I'll only go to LA or New York. I don't like that. And it is part of the problem of the management of Brooklyn or of the Lakers when you when you try to cater to your superstars' needs, right? Like if KD leaves and Kyrie leaves, and they've had they've had Atkinson in there, uh, you know, they had James Harden in there. If they leave and come out of this with nothing, could could we say it's the most epic failure in any sports franchise ever? Well, they got Bubba Warren now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you no, get, you I, get... I, no it's, a, it's, it's, it's a disaster and it's crazy because people in the nba told me that this was going to be a disaster and i'm like so much offensive firepower you know like i could see what you're saying when it comes to chemistry and you kind of let in the players run everything i could see it i could see what you're saying but 
with these three guys, man, it's, it's a lot of firepower. Those guys who told me that were absolutely right. This has been a total disaster. So then what do you want to do as the Lakers? Do you want to trade one disaster for another disaster in Kyrie? Right. The way I, well, the way I, I look. I, I guess like with LeBron, they feel like it could, it could all be okay. Right. Okay. With LeBron. Okay. Personally, I'll, I think LeBron's not even pu- pushing for Kyrie. I think he's playing mm. the narrative in the front line saying, oh, I want my, my boy here. I don't think he wants him there. And you know, you want to know with one thing that you will get from Russell Westbrook, he will show up, but yeah. he's going to show up and give it 110%. So that I will give it to him. Do you, but, th- do you think Kyrie the Lakers would benefit them and help them win a championship? No, that doesn't move the needle for, to me at all. Why? Just because you don't think he'll play all the games? I think, again, I think you are who you are, right? And uh, Boston knew this, Brooklyn knew this, and we can't, this, this, things won't change. Kyrie is who it's like, it's like, uh, it's like a really bad relationship, like a girl and the red flags are there, right? She cheats on me. She's cheated on me three times. She's horrible to her mom. She's terrible to her friends, right? Every job she had, she got fired from. Nah, I think I'm going to change this. This sounds right? like a bigger disaster than the Nets. Well, I'm just saying the red flags, are, the red flags are there and you being there isn't going to change anything. So right, right. in my personal opinion, I don't think if I'm, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, this is for KD because KD is a whole different story because this is, this is now you're dealing with a top five player, a top 15 guy of all time. You have to, if you're going to trade him, get the full bag. Right. Get 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 Rudy Gobert and then some kind of right. Rudy Gobert, the way that's at the market, they're going to need like seven picks probably and a good player with with Kyrie. It's more like, dude, just take him off my hands. please. Yeah. And that's not because of the talent. They just believe like he won't be available. Probably is. No. And it's the the bridge is already burnt, dog. So let me ask you this. So if he goes to Lakers, he's on one year contract. Right. Doesn't he have to play well and be available that year to get another contract wherever it may be? uh, Yes. So yes, there, is a cha- there is a chance he might get it together for this one season with the Lakers if he were to be there, right? If he wants to make some big money in the future. Yes. Do I think that Kyrie cares about the big money? No. Mm, that could, yeah, uh, you could be right about that. I right do. About- but th- yeah. then there's but then there was that talk last week where it's like, oh, he might get bought out and sign for the vet minimum. Like, And Kyrie's also not going to sign for the vet minimum. Like, he, he also knows his worth. My humble opinion, dude, nobody goes anywhere. Because the wow. bag that they're asking for for KD, nobody can give them, man. You, they can't. There's not another team. Like the only thing that I was thinking about that would work, and it can't even work because of Donovan Mitchell's contract and having Ben Simmons on the. You can't have two rookie or two players on it the same. A, team. It has to be a three-team deal, right? For it to work, but, yeah. But then, how's it going to work? Who's got? You know, the only team that's got five picks that they could give to OKC. Brooklyn. OKC and they send his ass back home. You know what? You know the two teams that got some young assets or that many picks, the Warriors and OKC. Okay, but so that that I don't know if it was real or not, but that that deal that came up where it's like, hey, Jordan Poole, Wiseman, uh, I think they had Kuminga in there and two picks. If I was Brooklyn, I'd be like, give it, take, I'll take that. Give me, give me those. It was one more. Oh, it was Wiggins too. It was Wiggins, Wiseman, Poole, and 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 two more picks. And I'm like, dude, take it. I would take that in a heartbeat. But why would Golden State do that? They don't want Kevin Durant back. There is no way that they want Kevin Durant back. And what would it look like to us? And I know Kevin Durant doesn't give up what we as media people or podcasters or whatever, what we have to say about the situation. Um, 
I, I, I would disagree with you there. I think he does care. You do? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I think, I think he, he's this, at, yeah, this guy cares, man. He cares about what people say. That's why he's on Twitter all day. Like, then why I, would and, you? And not in why? a bad way, not in a bad way. He just cares. He just, ha- he happens to be one of those guys that care. Then why would you sign a five-year deal and then dip? As soon as adversity comes, you're just going to dip and run again. You're going to do this again after they just paid for you. He hasn't said why he's done it. Of course, because he, because he wants us to think it's some, some greater thing that we don't know about. We know exactly what it is. You don't want to play with Kyrie anymore. And Brooklyn's going nowhere. They're not, they're not going anywhere, man. With KD and with Kyrie. Tell me, what do you, you, he was so scared about being left with Ben Simmons. Okay. He can play it off all he wants that. That, oh, I'm just mad because they didn't give my boy a five-year deal. Bull, you don't care. You see, he's a smart guy, smart basketball player. He doesn't want any more parts of Kyrie, too. Doesn't want to ruin the friendship. I know they're really good friends. And honestly, this is just my opinion. Again, I don't know for a fact. That's just what I think it is. And I think he wants to leave before the, before the house burns down. So it's like, oh, it's not my fault. When in actuality, it kind of is because you put these guys in the corner, tell them what coach you. Oh, let me bring something up, Combo. Remember, remember that that comment that these that Kyrie made uh, last year, where he's like, "Ah, you know, we don't even need a coach. I, I'll coach one day. Kevin can coach the next day." No, dude. I, that that sounded like the beginning of the end. Yeah. Oh, they don't <laughs> want they don't want Jared Allen there. We want our buddy DeAndre Jordan here. Kenny Atkinson's playing playing Jared Allen way too much. We want our boy to play some more. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. What? I Sorry, mean, get me all fired up. Yeah, great players don't always make the uh, greatest general managers or know how to put people in place. Necessarily. They could be. They could be. They could be great. I mean, there, there has been some great players that are great general managers. Just, everything's everybody's different. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just is what, like, just how we were talking about the scouts. Like you, you ask 10 different people, you get 28 different opinions. And it's like that from players, media, front office. So everybody's different. Everybody has their own opinions, but clips. Um, where can we find you, man? Tell them where they can find the podcast. What's new with the podcast. How's Drew doing? And Drew's do- Drew uh-huh. just got married. My co-host just got married. Okay. Um, he's That's living his true. best, best life in San Diego. You can find us anywhere, man. You can find us on, Apple, Spotify, Google, online at Clips and Drew. We're gonna have you on our show. We're doing a summer thing where we're bringing on, we're bringing I've been on. Looking, hey, I've been looking forward to this for a while now, so just let me know, man. Appreciate you having me on, bro. You're you're always uh always fun to talk to. I I appreciate you, and uh, and anytime you need that Clipper vibe, bro, you know where to reach me. Most definitely, it's always great having you on the show. You're always welcome back, and talk soon. Talk soon, bro. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Big thanks to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Big thanks to Clips for joining, and go subscribe to the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Share this episode, share it with a friend. Share it on all your social media platforms. Would greatly appreciate it, and be on the lookout for episode 383. Combo, out.